0: What I want to talk to you about tonight is, is that ever since I started teaching on prophecy and prosperity and the four blood moons, I have been being swamped, and I've been getting just tons of emails from, and texts from pastors and saying, man, we never heard this, teach it, can you share more? But one of the things that keeps coming up in this is people are asking me, both Christian and Jew, is, pastor, is bad things going to happen? Every time a blood moon, the four blood moons that come during the feasts of the Lord, something very bad happens, but also something very good happens. It's not a coincidence. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for. And the reason why we're to know that is, is when you see things, look at what's happening and say, God, what is it that you're saying? Look at what's happening and say, God, what is it you're telling me? That's the whole, remember the whole key of Moses' leadership. Remember that? Is that he saw something and he craned his neck to see what God was saying. It's the difference between being stiff necked. Stiff neck is, religion is stiff necked. Revelation is, man, I never heard that before. What is God saying? From the time of Jesus till now, there have been seven times. Seven is the number in Hebrew of God has completed it, He's finished it. There have been seven four blood moons that have fallen on biblical holidays. This next one is number eight. Eight means above the natural, eight means a new beginning. So this Easter, or Passover, begins a series of four blood moons. Right before the blood moons, something happened worldwide that changed the world. In 1493 and 1494, the four blood moons came. In 1492, Spain, King Ferdinand, Queen Isabel, threw the Jews out wrote an edict for the jews to be thrown out of spain to take their wealth to take their business to take their jobs to throw them out of spain on august 1st and 2nd which on the hebrew calendar is the ninth of av which is the same dates that both the first and the temp- second temple were destroyed so the jews are thrown out they lose everything there'd been thousands and thousands of them killed Now they're throwing out the church, the Catholic church and King Ferdinand and Queen Isabel take their wealth, take their property. Columbus is financed to go find America or to find something else, but he finds America. And by the way, Columbus was not Italian, but he was Jewish. And he was going to find a land that would... Welcome the Jews. Now think about it. Go all the way back to Genesis 12. I will bless those who bless you, but I will curse those who curse you. Spain lost their spiritual power, and Spain lost their financial power. America comes back. America is discovered. Columbus left the month after the Jews are thrown out takes the money and is financed. It's just kind of a side note. The first, remember when when the two, it was either two or three very wealthy business people came to King Ferdinand, Jewish business people, and said, if you'll erase the decree to throw the Jews out, we'll give you all this money. King Ferdinand was going to do it, and then the Catholic Church convinced him not to do it, And so history is a little fuzzy here. History says that either King Ferdinand kept their money or they took their money and gave it to Columbus to help finance the trip. But either way, history proves that when Columbus found the new land, the first letters he wrote to were not King Ferdinand and Queen Isabel but to these two or three Jewish business people. History proves that. And so we see the wealth of the wicked being put into the hands of the righteous. And that wealth being financial and spiritual. Now I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Saul comes to his son Jonathan and says to Jonathan, I want you to go after David and kill David. Jonathan says no to his father and says, I love David. I I am a friend to David. And Jonathan stood with David. Now, in English, it doesn't say much. But in Hebrew, it says when Saul, his father, came to Jonathan, Yochanan, and said, I want you to kill David. When Yochanan said, no, David is my friend, in Hebrew, it changes his name from Yochanan to Yachanan. And Yakanan is with an "ek." which is the name of God. Now what does that mean? When we, when you, when I, when we stand for the kingdom of David, when we stand for Israel, God adds his name to our name. But if we stand against Israel, God removes his name, and our name is without his presence. And we need to know this as individuals but we need to know this as a nation. We need to know this as Christians. That when we stand, you know, uh, when I speak with, with Jewish people, I always try to make a joke of it. I said, you know, there's a big debate whether when the Messiah comes, is it your first coming or your second coming? I said, you know, when the Messiah comes, some will say it's his first coming, some will say it's his second coming. But we all know where he's coming to. There's no debate on that. It's Jerusalem. So when he comes, we'll go up to him and we'll say, Welcome, Messiah. Have you been here before or do we need to show you around? So whether you think it's his first coming or his second coming, it doesn't matter, but we do know, or it does matter, but we do know that he's coming to Jerusalem. And so when we stand for God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the spiritual, and when we stand for Israel and Jerusalem, the physical, God adds his name to your name. Now think about that. God adds Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Mekedesh, Jehovah Shalom. God adds, I'm your healer. I'm your, uh, the one who prospers you. I'm the one who brings you victory. I'm the one who defeats your enemy. Amen? The, the name of Yeshua. In one part, it means I am your healer. Another thing, it means I am your deliverer. Another one thing, is says whatever enemy is facing you, I will defeat that enemy for you. That's who he is. Amen? Everybody's asking, well, Pastor, obviously the four blood moons are happening. Obviously, and I'm going to read this in a minute, Shemitah is happening. Obviously, the the year of Jubilee is happening. Obviously, these things are happening. Is bad things going to happen or good things going to happen? In ancient Jewish wisdom, it says when you see the blood moon, bad things happen for the Jews. When you see the sun darken, bad things happen for the Gentiles. This time, both are happening. And if you remember, before the blood moons, every time before the blood moons, something epic happened. And it's not a coincidence that as we're four weeks away from Passover, from Easter, from Resurrection, from the first blood moon, then we're, we're four weeks away. Think about it: we are one month away, approximately. Russia invades Ukraine. I was just talking to the Knesset in Jerusalem. I said, "What's, what's the what's the uh, what's the mindset in the Middle East?" And the mindset they said, they said the mindset is. America won't do anything anymore. We, we've, we've just semi-stood up against Iran and told Iran, no nuclear weapons. Right? No nuclear weapons. We did that same thing with Ukraine. And we asked Ukraine, give up your nuclear weapons. And they said, well, if we get up our nuclear weapons... We can't defend ourselves. And America wrote, signed it, saying, if anybody ever invades you, we will come in and fight for you. And so far, we're lying. But what does that say to Ukraine? It says to Ukraine, the same thing it says to every other nation in the world, is if we give up our nuclear weapons, America's not going to do anything. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm saying because it all turns out good. We are one mistake away from World War III right now. We are one, we are one mistake away from what could be Armageddon. You know, we all know it's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. Just as the Bible said the Messiah would be born, just like it said he would be born a virgin, just like it said he would die on a cross, just like it said, everything, just like it said, Israel would become a nation, Jerusalem, one, Jerusalem would be back in the hands of the Jews. It will happen. We know it's going to happen. But here's what I believe. I believe that Jesus said, when you see these things happen, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. And the word redemption is what, and and, and I don't have time to do a study on this tonight, but the word redemption means I'll defeat your enemy, I'll bring you victory, I'll deliver you from the hands, I'll do this. It doesn't mean just the sweet pie in the sky, it means now. But here's the key. Jesus himself said, and he's talking about the church, he's not just talking about the world, he's talking about Christians. He said they have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. Now understand that. They have eyes, but they don't see it. They don't don't know what the Scriptures say. They, They don't know what God's Word says. They just go by tradition. But Jesus said, when you, when you, what's the next word? See. Not just, oh, I see the blood moon. When you see with an understanding, get excited. So I got pastors calling me from everywhere and saying, what, what's, what's going to happen? What, what do you see happening? Well, I see good things and bad things happening, but I see that uh, those of us that are seeing what God is doing, we're going to be protected, and when he sees the blood on the door, he will stand in front of our door, and that spirit of death will pass over us. Most most Christians, if you if you would say to most Christians, finish the scripture for me. We're redeemed by the, and then they would then we would say, well, where did Jesus shed his blood? And they would say at Calvary, but Jesus shed his blood seven different times Amen. to bring us to bring us to, to set us free. By his stripes we are healed. By the crown of thorns to break the curse of poverty. And when we put the blood on our door. We got four weeks from Passover, and the Lord says, when I see the blood, I will stand in front of your home, your life, your family, and I will make the angel of death pass over you. But we've got to see it. What's what's right in there from, from right at the beginning of the last blood moon, we go into Jubilee. Jubilee is when God pays everything back. He returns everything that's been stolen. He brings his anointing. But leading up to Jubilee is, is a word that most Christians have never heard. It's called shmita, And so a lot of pastors are saying, well, where do I find this? And a lot of Christians, because I've given you a whole lot of stuff. So let me show you something, but this is a powerful thought. Leviticus chapter 25, starting with verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, if we, are, if we believe Jesus Christ is our Savior, then we also are heirs to the promises of Abraham and we have been grafted in. So everything that's been promised to the children of Israel through Jesus Christ, we are adopted sons and daughters. And the Lord spoke to Moses in Mount Sinai saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath of the Lord. Six years you shall sow, sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year, that's the Shemitah, the seventh year is the Sabbath year, the, the Shemitah year, there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord, and you shall neither sow your field nor prune your, your vines." Jump down to verse uh, 8. And you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven, and the time of the seven Sabbaths of the years shall be to you 49 years. Then you shall cause the trumpet of jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month, on on the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. On the exact day of Passover... On the exact day, Jesus was our Passover lamb. The exact day. On the exact day of Pentecost, the Hebrew celebration of Shavuot, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the Holy Spirit fell. So now we have what the church calls the rapture. I'm a firm believer that the rapture comes Before all the doom and gloom Because the bible says that we're going out a glorious bride a Bride without spot without wrinkle no sickness And no debt and now let me just throw this in You can have it all through jesus christ You can have you can have god bless you financially and you can have god heal your body and live in divine health It's not one or the other when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't say it's mostly finished. He said it's finished. And he shed his blood seven different places in the garden, at the whipping post, crown of thorns, in his hands and his feet, on and on and on. Seven places, which is, is exactly what he does on the Day of Atonement. So it's not a coincidence that we're reading this about, listen to me, it's not a coincidence. Don't keep your finger there because I'm going to finish it. It's not a coincidence that we're reading about the eighth four-blood moons that also coincide with the Sabbath year that coincides with Jubilee. And that from the time that Israel regained Jerusalem to the time of Yom Kippur, the, 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 the Feast of Trumpets, is exactly one Jubilee, and then bam, the last blood moon hits. So big things are about to happen in our world. But only those who have eyes to see will miss the bad part, but those who have eyes to see will enter into being that glorious bride without spot or without wrinkle. Look at verse 9 again. Then you shall cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement jubilee rosh hashanah yom kippur the day of atonement the day of atonement which is two days in 2015 will be september 22nd and september 23rd september 23rd begins jubilee let me say it again we have rosh hashanah which is the day every year god opens his book of life every year not just when we die every year God opens the book of life. That's why Moses said, Lord, if you're going to remove their name from the book, remove my name too. Well, he's not talking about the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb's not even in the future. Moses said, if you're going to remove their name from the book, remove my name also. He's talking about in Hebrew on, on Rosh Hashanah, he opens the book and sees Is the world a better place today because of me than it was yesterday or last year? Have have I been feeding the orphans? Have I been taking care of the widows? Have I been helping the Holocaust survivors? Have Have I been doing something to make the world a better place as I serve God? Remember, they came to Jesus and they said, What's the greatest of all commandments? He said, Love God, but take care of your neighbor. Help your neighbor. So on Rosh Hashanah, he opens the book. That's the rapture. When the rapture takes place, the rapture, and, and a lot of people think pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. A lot of people say we're going to go through half of the tribulation. I'm a firm believer that we're, going, we're not going out bruised, busted, and disgusted. We're going out healthy and wealthy and full of the anointing. And the world will be looking and say, what happened to you? And say, Jesus touched my life. So that's Rosh Hashanah. Then seven days later, seven days after Rosh Hashanah, which is the second coming, is Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur lasts two days. In in 2015, it will be September 22nd and September 23rd. The only difference is that this time on September 23rd, we go into Jubilee, we go into the last four blood moons, and between now and then, a lot is going to change, but for us who have eyes to see, it's going to change for the good. You couldn't roll the dice a thousand times and have it come up like that. Those who have eyes to see, 99.999% of Christianity have no idea what we're talking about. So therefore, they have eyes, but they don't see. Let me see. Let's go down to verse uh, 10. And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all the inhabitants, and it shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you shall return to his possessions, and each of you shall return to his family, that the fiftieth year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows on its own, on its own accord, nor gather the grapes off of your unattended vine, for it is the jubilee, and it shall be holy unto you. You shall eat of its produce from the field. Jump real quick down to verse 20. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year, Since we did not sow nor gather in the produce, then I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year, and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. So God said in the Ten Commandments, now remember, when you see a list of things, whatever starts it makes everything else work. And the first thing that God says is, you got to understand, I'm the only God. That's the the base of it all. Only I am God. And in order to remind everybody that he is God, he is Jehovah Jireh, he is Jehovah Sidkenu, he is, nobody else is, he said every seventh day, make it holy to me, but every seventh year, and only are we to do this physically. Now, here's what everybody's asking me. How do we keep Shemitah? Shmita is the seventh year. Only in the land of Israel are we to physically keep the Sabbath year. So he says, on the seventh year, every seventh year, let the land rest. Now, we go all the way back to Genesis, and in six days, God created everything to be good. Everything was good, including the silver and the gold. Correct? It's all good. Money is not bad. Money is good. Money is a world changer. If money's in the bad hands, it does bad things. If money is in God's people's hands, it does good things. Right? Money's an amplifier. So the Bible says God created everything in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. The word rest means menuhah. And, it, and, and just for the sake of time, it means he brings his blessing. So in six days, he made everything to bless us, and on the seventh day, he created Res menuha, the blessing. So when we when we remember the Sabbath and keep it, then he adds to everything in our life that is to be blessed, he adds his blessing. Are you with me? So in order for us not to forget... One of the great teachings is in Deuteronomy. He says, don't forget. You know, when we're in, when we're in trouble, let's say, let's say uh, uh, our business is failing, or we, we, uh, uh, our marriage is failing, or, or our health is failing, you know, all of a sudden we get serious with God. All, all of a sudden we, we line up with, oh God, oh God. You know, before I knew Jesus, every time I got arrested, oh God help me. But then once once the jail cells are open, you know, it's back we go back jack and do it again. And so, he said, "In order for you not to forget that it's me who gives you power in your hands to gain wealth." He said, when you're living in beautiful houses and when you're wearing wonderful clothes, don't, here's the warning, the warning is not don't have nice houses, don't have nice clothes, it's the Father's good pleasure to give that. The warning is, don't forget, I'm the one who gives you power in your hands to gain wealth. Don't forget that. Because if you forget that, you're going to go into idolatry. Right? So in order that we don't forget that, he said every seventh year... In Israel, leave the land and don't plant or reap. And I will bring you in, so so here we are, we're in the sixth year, and we know the seventh year so that we remember, man, it's God who, no matter how hard you work or how smart you are, it's God who gave you the smarts. So on the seventh year, don't touch the land. Don't touch the land. And if you'll do that and trust me, then I'll bring you in the sixth year harvest, I'll bring you in the seventh year harvest, and I'll bring you in the eighth year harvest. It says right there, I'll bring you in three years of harvest. We know when Israel went into Babylonian captivity, in Daniel chapter 9, they went into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. It's because for 70 years, out of the whole time Israel, 70 times they did not keep the Shemitah, and Give God the glory and so God put them in captivity for every year. They didn't keep the Shemitah So here's the question that we're getting I get over and over and over and over and over and over again So I thought I'd better address it instead of individually address it people saying, well What do we do to keep the Shemitah? We don't do anything physically if we're not living in Israel if we're living in Israel we keep the Shemitah physically But if we're living outside of Israel, we keep the Sabbath year in our hearts. In other words, we as a church, or we as an individual, or we as a husband, or we as a wife, or a businessman, or a businesswoman, we keep in our heart that no matter how hard we work and how much wisdom God gives us and how many stocks we can invest in or how many inventions we can come up with, we know in our heart it is God who has done that and we we pay our tithes and we give our first fruits and we take care of widows and orphans <coughs> but we don't forget it's god let's say you're a multimillionaire. you need to serve god more when you have no needs than when you needed god to give you bus fare Because if you forget that, then God will bring us the penalty of idolatry. Now let me read this to you. This is out of one of the most important Hebrew teachings. It's called pikret avot, or the ethics of the father. In not keeping and not remembering as an individual or as a nation, in God we trust. When we forget that, we're heading for bad stuff. Listen to what it says. This is written thousands of years ago. Exile comes into the world on account of not keeping Shemitah of the land, on account of not re- remembering it's God who is blessing us. Through this, broken, a broken state of being comes, doubt comes, disempowerment comes, and living in a state of fear because God views it as idolatry now here's what I'm saying Jesus said four blood moons all the prophecies shemitah jubilee all these things are happening right now when let me put it let me put it away that Jesus didn't say it not when but those who see it look up your redemption draweth nigh America is repeating the sin of Israel our government says, no more Ten Commandments in the schools. No more Ten Commandments on the courthouses. No more prayer. You can't pray at a football meeting. We can't pray at a football meeting, at a football game, but, but Islam in Michigan can announce over the loudspeaker for the whole city to call the prayer seven times. And we are forgetting. We are forgetting. Listen to me. Babylon thought they couldn't be defeated. Persia thought they couldn't be defeated. Rome thought they couldn't be defeated. Greece thought they couldn't be defeated. Greece is bankrupt. Spain is bankrupt. Persian and 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 uh, Babylon is Iran and Iraq and if America doesn't remember That we have for a reason on our money in God we trust. If we don't remember, if we don't, and and this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to take God out of here. But for those of us who have eyes to see, he is going to bring the latter rain. There's going to be signs and wonders, miracles, healing, supernatural, healing. The latter rain, just as Jesus came the first time and he proved himself to the world through signs and wonders and miracles, the latter rain is going to be greater than the farmer, but it's only going to happen on those who have eyes to see.